and welcome to the Q&A episode for the first season of The Experience Corporation. I am Caleb, and I have had the pleasure to write, direct, and produce this series with a handful of wonderful people who are about to introduce themselves now. Hello, I'm Sam. I play Cameo, and I'm also a writer on many of the episodes in The Experience Corporation. Hi, my name is Len. I voice Delmont, and I also uh, did a tiny bit of writing. Hi, I'm Vanessa. I am a co-founder of Anime Utopia, and I did the sound design and the scoring for the Experience Corporation, as well as I am Opal Voss. Hi, I'm Kate, and I'm also a co-founder of Ready Made Utopia, and I'm the visual artist for Ready Made Utopia and the Experience Corporation. Uh, I do all the character design and... Yay. We made it. We did it. All right. This has been a great episode, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> what if we did just put just Question <laughs> answered. Um, but to get us started, one that's sort of half fun, half <laughs> the good first question to ask in a Q&A. <laughs> what would everyone's RMU Sona be? Ooh. And how did the project start? And this comes from Kim. I have a clarifying question. Are we allowed to say the one we already are? Because <laughs> yeah. four like, of us, that would just be for Caleb. Us, but I guess for me, mine, like Dottie is me. Opal is you. I don't know if Delmont is you, but it could be you. And it, Cameo could also be you. Yeah. But I don't know how you feel. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Cameo is like quite obviously related to me uh and like when i show people like the stickers i'm like look that's me i'm that one but also i don't i don't feel like cameo doesn't feel like the perfect capsulation of my personality so i think that my rmu sona i would want it to be like i want it to now i'm just designing with kate but i'd want it to be like a little bit of a bunny because i really like bunnies um and I think I want, I think I want them to be like a little suave, a little fun, little like, I don't know. I'm imagining like a bunny in a suit. That's really, I don't know. That's all I've got. All I can picture is Bugs Bunny in the suit with the rose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually what I'm <laughs> that, that checks yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. That's, when I see that, I think mm-hmm, Sam Levin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my, that's my RMU Sona. I think for me, yeah, similar answer. I mean, Delmont literally is me. But I don't know. I always pictured myself in the RMU Sona world of being furry, not scaly, Mm. you know, (laughs) something about like the scales and the slitheriness, which I think is very cool. Or I guess maybe not scales, but like more like shark skin, shark, shark skin. Yeah. Out of like the. You want to be fluffier. Yeah, I I think I'd want to be a little fluffier. I see that. Um, But I do really like Delmont's vibe. I think if there's like a. A kind of little colder, a little more aloof, um, <laughs> but also very fluffy and can be approachable. And I think there's there's there was a character you designed, Kate, that had multiple eyes, like the ones with a very round head. Yeah, mm. I like yeah. those a lot. <gasps> those oh, are I so love those cool. Guys. Uh, no, I want the the guy with like the six arms. Yeah, that's the same one. Same one. I love those. Should we <laughs> let's 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 share? I change it from bunny to suit to six armed. Yeah, ferrety guy. I gotta do more of those. I love them. I like them. Is Jim Livin the only six armed like canonical character that we actually have? we had like a whole comic? 
Yeah. Back in the oh, day yes. that featured one of those as the main character, Sebi. Yeah. And I couldn't remember if that was still canon or not. I don't know. There are a lot of things in that that aren't canon anymore. I feel like a bonus content episode one day will just be like all of this old art music stuff going over what's not canon. The comics on the Patreon. Oh, Oh. it's medium canon. It's it's barely canon. It's medium while canon. Maybe it's like in world fiction. That's my favorite. Like someone in RMU created it. I like that idea. Easy. This seems like a really good segue into the second part of the first question. Uh, how did the podcast start? Oh. I can I can start that out. Kate was busy working on the I'm a Snake music video. It was t- January 2020. And I was like, I want to do narrative stuff, but I don't want to take up Kate's time. I happened to know. I think I bought Lennon first and then Caleb. I think we met twice before pandemic really came and changed everything. So we started doing development. We started doing all of that. Um, and then we went fully remote. I think about a year later, we brought Sam on. Um, I think so, yeah. But so it kind of served a couple of purposes. It was something where we could explore narrative without it being like prohibitively asset intensive, like visually, mm-hmm. because we have one visual artist here. Um, it allowed us to like, I kind of also thought of it as a way to like prime ourselves if we ever were going to do like a visual asset heavy series that when we go into it, we know what the heck we're doing. Can I swear on this? It's your company i can i can swear no (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) i'll keep it i'll keep it pg-13 thank you um but so that's where that went and it's just like wild because like everyone here are just people i happen to know and brought together into this project Mm -hmm. i don't think any of you knew each other beforehand and you all just happened to be yeah, Sam and Kate knew each other. Oh, but I guess through you. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> but yeah. like you all just happen to be like perfect for it and so good. And now we're like so close. It's so cute. I have a little bit of a question for Kate. Sure. How? Because you're the one that came up with like the concept of the of X Corp, right? That was Vanessa. Oh, it was? But um, I don't know. We like talked about it and developed it together, but it was Vanessa's idea. Okay. Kate does a lot of the like world. We do almost all the world building is kind of just us like starting. We went on a lot of walks. It's hard to do that now when it's negative 10 out as it is today. Uh, um, But we would, I feel like one of us would come with like a really loose idea that would be like literally half a sentence. And then we would just walk for like an hour and then come back and write down. Like that's where like ascended beings came from. Um, I feel like that's where our magic system came from. But the idea for X Corp, if I can rat on myself a little bit, I love my name is Earl. And the thing, it's actually taken from my name is Earl very, very roughly in that I love that that show, each episode Mm. begins with an incredibly specific scenario of a thing he has to do. He has a mission because his list gives him a mission, but it's not like through an organization, it's self-driven. And so I just wanted something where like, Every episode, it's like, here's the assignment. Here's what's going to happen. And it's going to get f-ing bonkers. Um, I'm going to get a freaking bonkers. Or- well, that, was our, gonna- that was a one F word for the that PG-13. That was a one F word for the PG-13. Those were not coming the first 20 minutes. Yeah. But, you know. Um, hey. Yeah. No, but like, so, so, yeah. and then I don't know where the idea of like, I think that I had that bit. I think that wanting to just encapsulate specific experiences was like, literally like, at first, it's like, how can I, how can we create a system where that can happen? And then it's like, why don't we just make a company that may have been Kate? Um, but yeah, 
How about another question? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, this question comes from Light Kronos on YouTube. And there were a lot of people that asked a similar question, but this is the one that I picked. Is there <laughs> congratulations, anywhere... Light Kronos? Yes, congratulations. Is there anything uh, you all draw inspiration from when creating characters slash making episodes? And mm -hmm. I assume there's going to be two sort of different yeah. responses to this question. And I can go first if Kate doesn't want to go. Well, is it creating characters as in like writing characters or the literal visual designs? I would say both because I imagine that for like, you know, the earliest ones, the earliest characters, you were thinking about personality and aesthetics sort of simultaneously until I started creating characters and then you started making visuals yeah, for those like, characters. Yeah, the first characters would have been ones that weren't from the podcast, so all like musicians and the musicians we worked with were all people and I sort of pictured the characters as just being different versions of the actual real life people we were working with mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, especially like with Opal Boss, I was just kind of like, this is just Vanessa, but as a character in an alternate reality. Um, and I sort of started to get away from that a little bit as it progressed, like with Nap. Um, I feel like Nap is less literally Mark than the way I had tackled it initially. It became, I feel like I pictured Nap as more Mark mixed with like, myself as a child <laughs> um and that's sort of why i don't know i really love working with nap because i get to draw on a lot of like things i enjoy uh working with creatively um like snacks like bugs, bugs and yeah. just like retro style and yeah how much is the rmu style just sort of the style you developed as you were drawing and how much of it did you say like, okay, this thing is going to look like this? Um, the RMU style is mostly just my own style and it has evolved and changed as my own art style has evolved and changed. Um, sometimes I do find myself like trying to like stay on brand, but in like, trying to stick with what I've established as the RMU style, but I feel like it looks better if I let it just evolve and grow with what I like doing. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to add is I think one of the reasons, um, I don't know how to put this exactly, but when I was a kid, I really liked reading stories and consuming media that featured like non-human mm. characters like, I loved playing video games where I got to play as, like, something that wasn't a human. Like, I loved Okami. I loved Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I just thought it was, like, more interesting and different. And, I don't know, I liked reading books like Redwall, where oh, they're yeah. all animals. Um, I don't know. I just, so I, like, wanted to, I think that that's interesting. Having non-human characters or something appealing about that. To me, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I ever told you, but 
I, my mom found this. The first thing I ever wrote and I like dictated to her was a story about like five hamsters, like going on an adventure through, I think, my neighborhood. Like Hamtaro. <laughs> very Hamtaro coded. Yeah. The thing I would say I drew most inspiration from vaguely when like thinking about what the first season was going to be would be shows like um, like regular show, mm-hmm. community, um, things that played with genre, did a lot mm-hmm. of parodies, uh, things that were about characters that sort of form like little chosen family mm-hmm. bonds. And I think... Uh, Something I f- feel like makes the show really fun is that each episode is almost like a present. You don't really know what you're going to get when you start because the first five minutes and like the middle five minutes are two very different yeah. plots. Like the first episode starts in a meeting and it ends with like an explosion in a sewer and an evil laptop. Um, so I just love like, it's almost like an old episode of The Simpsons where yeah. Homer would be just trying to like go to the store to get a can of beans and then suddenly is like CEO of some company and like selling beans to the world. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I was watching um I started rewatching Bob's Burgers as I was very ill over the holidays and like when we were writing this show that was not like a touchstone for me like I thought about a lot of other pieces of quote unquote adult animation. But it's something that is interesting about like a lot of those programs and community isn't animated, but in a lot of ways it kind of is like is just the kind of freedom that 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 a lot of animation has right to like just kind of, I don't know, just get kind of zany and and I don't know, I'm just trying to think like what what is it about animation that tells those stories more freely like that? I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is definitely that you can literally just do anything you want. Yeah. Because you can just draw it. Yeah. Yeah. And we I didn't mean, even have with, to draw for this. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to put some sound effects there. Boom. Easy. Could I, since we're just talking about inspirations, what was your biggest inspiration, Vanessa, when thinking about sort of the sonic aesthetics of the series yeah so it comes from a couple different places there's obviously like a little bit of steven universe um between beginning on conceptualizing the series and when we actually were in post making it i began working as a professional sound designer so that really gave insight but i wanted there to build i wanted to build like the technology laced world of ready-made utopia through sound and i i love doing synthesizers i'm a big synth sound designer girl, as you can tell from my Opal music. So I spent a lot of time just creating these unique beeps and boops, um, especially like related to different magics, like techno magic and the cloud racing stuff. Um, But so it's kind of a unique problem because you additionally need to convey clarity with sound design because there's no like visual element being like, okay, the communicator just sent out this beam of magic. Like it's all sound. Um, So like... My inspirations, I'm trying to think because I don't really listen to many sound-based media. There was a bit where I was just like watching TV with my eyes closed to train. Um, 
and seeing what kind of hit, what kind of didn't. Um, Do you remember what you were watching? I don't, because it was like a year, two years ago. That's okay. I can try to remember. I think I maybe watched the Steven Universe, maybe 18 Titans, um, stuff in that realm. But there's, you know, other than a couple little spots, it's not much action action, which I love because that stuff can be very time consuming. Not that there isn't unique challenges in each episode, but I don't know. I really like building the spaces, um, having realistic reverbs and just like stuff like that. I wanted to give the listeners enough to be able to envision the space in their own head, but that they could build a detailed space and not just a blank room. Like, so a lot of that was built through layering ambiences, um, the way the reverbs would react in the room, etc. And then like, yeah, just throwing in as much like fun stuff as I could. Like one example of this would be like when Judgment uses the vending machine, I just was like, this needs to be funnier. It needs to say, enjoy your snacks. So I just like added a robot voice saying stuff like that. And so like, just like, yeah, using sound design, using sound design to like really build out the um, fun technological environment. I also, I've really liked um, how you not, don't just use like diegetic sounds, but non-diegetic sounds too. I always get them mixed up, which is wick. <laughs> but like there's there's really detailed sound effects, but there's also so much you do to like add to the the mood and the emotion of like really intense moments. Yeah. So I think some of that, there's actually a, a disagreement between Caleb and I in uh, episode four or a maybe classic three. disagreement yeah, between we, Vanessa we, and I. We fought physically. I don't know if you remember this, but like you course, sent me to the I ER. Forget? She yeah. never brought that um, knife. It's fine. I could take it. Uh, we're closer for it. Anyways, but Caleb, when there's like this long line, I think in season episode three, you wanted like a like like classic marimba going up. Yeah. And I was like, we haven't. I, truthfully, I just couldn't get it to hit right. And I was like, I don't know about this. So I was kind of pushing for no non-diegetic sounds. And that kind of changed around a bit. Like, I think that there's like one ding for an idea. Yeah. But um, that is that. The whole convention arc breaks the fourth wall a couple times. Yeah. Like you're, like you're, you're adding of the like nap, the nap fact sounds. Yeah. Um, that break the fourth wall and like Nap's entire musical bit. Like, where is the sound? I like to think that Nap is just playing off of his phone. Is my head canon? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then like with like the big stuff, I like since I'm doing the sound design and the music, I can really combine the two into a single force to just really hammer it home when I want to. Like, like I'd say when um, Top Pal and Delmont are in the train car talking like the way everything comes together there was the first moment of the podcast where i was like oh oh my god i get it the next question comes from just a moniker on tiktok who asked a lot of questions a lot of good ones so thank, thank you thank you thank you um and they said i love each of your character voices how did you choose each of them and i'm gonna guess we'll start with the Delma and cameo of it all. Go ahead, Lynn. Okay, so, um, I mean, this this is, it's pretty close to my voice. I think, um, I guess just being trans, trans-masculine, um, obviously in transitioning has kind of pitched my voice down. When reading as Delmont, I tried to not add an additional pitch down to it and sort of just speak 
as I normally would speak. Um, I think especially like Delmont's like non-binary identity, I wanted to, at least for Delmont to feel very, very neutral, very like, yeah, just no, no real gender there. Just, just Delmont. Um, and then I also think too, Delmont speaks a lot to themselves and is very like internal facing. So uh, there, there, there wasn't like a lot of projecting. It was a lot of like muttering and um, yeah, that, that type of stuff is, is really interesting and different to do. Uh, it feels like Delmont has like a very characteristic, like, oh God, like kind of <laughs> cringing at themselves, muttering when they think no one can hear them, but everyone can. Um, I, I think also Delmont is does not care about coming off as nice. Like Del, Delmont doesn't need other people to like them and can be really cold and cutting. Um, and that is not how I am personally. So it, it definitely was like, oh, kidding, I mean, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> or, or at least I try not to be like that. So then just Delmont like being fully trained. For someone who's so like um, inward facing uh, to also then just be so transparently open about their feelings, I think was was interesting. So something we worked on a lot in the studio in those first few days, I felt like was trying to find the balance of Delmont's sort of angsty meanness versus like like trying to make it so they weren't hated. Yeah, because I think I think. If you go back to like the proof of concept we did a year and a half, two years before we were in mm-hmm. the studio, like I think that Delmont was meaner, way meaner. And yeah. I also think that that's something Caleb and I have attempted to do in, in the edit, comp, for in sure. the edit, because there's sometimes <laughs> like there were times where because I'm actually a fan of mean, dislikable Delmont, I would push like if I was the only one comping dialogue. Y'all would have liked Delmont a whole lot less. Yeah. And so that it's was something. finding the moment. Yeah. Like the first three episodes, we would do comps back and forth because some episodes Caleb would do a dialogue comp, some I would. And in the first three, there'd be a lot of like, this Delmont is mean, this Delmont. And then like once we found it, like we can do it super quick. But like, and that was something throughout recording too. Like as we got later in the recording, there was less like mm-hmm. mean Delmont. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Delmont yeah. definitely goes through like an, an arc of going from very like detached in their own world to sort of finding themselves caring more about their characters, the world, the sur- surroundings. One could say that there's character development. Uh, mm. you Did could. we do that on purpose? Mm. Mm. Wow. I sure didn't. I just kind of I just <laughs> who did this? I find it confusing when characters change. <laughs> <laughs> so Vanessa, I can't quite remember when we you you told me we were talking about the character like in the beginning. You were like, I kind of think of this character as a combination of like Wolfie Glick, the Pokemon uh, YouTuber. Yeah. And who, what was the other person? Brad Leone. We actually, I was Brad looking Leone. at some yes. old notes. I was looking for something and I brought up our retreat notes when we all went to like a cabin yeah. and we worked for a couple yeah. days. And there in the like main character sheet for Cameo and Delmont, it says Brad Leone from It's Alive for Cameo yeah. and then Claire Saffitz. They're like funny. meaner, yes. and I was just like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this yeah. comparison." And I remember in like our first couple of tests, like I came in with a couple of like voices, not too dissimilar from my speaking voice, but like a little bit different. And I think I don't know if it was Vanessa or Caleb, but one of you was like, "Just something closer to your voice would be great." <clears throat> yeah. And um, so then I kind of you know I I, I it, 
right now I'm I'm like recovering from a cold, so I'm a little congested. But like I I sound pretty similar to Cameo. But I think the main difference is just when I'm doing the voice, I kind of try to think a little bit more differently. I try to think a little bit more exuberantly. I kind of try to go on more tangents, let myself get more distracted. Um, in my regular speaking voice, I I rest at like a kind of a lower, and then I do a lot of modulation. Um, with Cameo. I think I probably stay up a little bit higher and then I go, yeah. Yeah, Cameo's definitely higher because there were once, there were a couple lines where we, where you were too low. Yeah. And and every once in a while you'll like drop out of the voice if you're sad. Normally in like a dramatic line. Spooky Cameo. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it, I think, honestly, it's interesting because I think the voice does change, but unlike when I'm doing a voice like, I don't know, Dr. Arter coin or whatever, who has like a whole voice on them, right? Those characters, like, that's a voice. Like, that's, I'm putting on a voice. With Cameo, it's more about, I try to think differently. I try to think as Cameo and try to, and that just takes it up and then yeah. I have more digressions and I do a lot of these things too. I don't know where that yeah, comes cameo from. Cameo goes into some weird places sometimes. Cameo has an energy of an old Hollywood producer that <laughs> I love to <laughs> keep mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this would be a great time to tell everyone about our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Q&A is going to be going up on our Patreon, followed by a whole slew of other mm-hmm. things that we're going to be recording in the next few months. Um, mainly an episode, or well, maybe an arc by arc, story mm-hmm. by story sort of breakdown of the podcast. We'll talk about what it was like to make, hang out, get to know us a little bit yeah. better. There's both an X-Corp and ready-made utopia tier for every price level on the Patreon, and that's just telling us where you want your money to go so we know who you want to support and which projects you want to grow, but any growth to either of them helps both, obviously. But so there's ready-made utopia stuff all over. There's stuff other than this podcast, too. Like, I have a bunch of unreleased, unused score tracks I'm about to put up there that I think are really cool. They just never met any scenes. Um, Kate does, like, drawing time lapses. And I think the star of the show, if you get the $6 or $10 tier, is the Sticker Club. Ooh. Tell us about those stickers, Kate. I just, I make some stickers every month. Wow. <laughs> Severely undersold. Yeah. yeah. What a pitch. Um, yeah, really. Here, let me paint a picture. Okay. Okay, audience, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. You are wherever you are, and then you realize you need to check your mailbox. So you get up. And you go to that mailbox and you open it up. And guess what? It's What's all in bills. <gasps> it's oh. all bills. I hate bills, when that happens. Bills, jury duty, jury duty, junk mail. <laughs> yeah, I don't pay my bills. I put them in someone else's mailbox. You guys pay my bills. After you sort through all of those bills, you get to an envelope and it has your name <gasps> handwritten, handwritten on it. Embossed. And you open it. And in lacquer. A beautiful RMU sticker for you. And a lore card. Mm. A little card with lore. About the sticker usually, but sometimes it's hard to relate. Yeah. yeah. So for all those lore heads out there. Lore heads. And we know you're out there. Oh, yeah. This stuff, it's, this stuff's not even on the wiki, guys. This stuff is exclusive knowledge. We haven't updated it yet. <laughs> Don't put that in the ad read. <laughs> and if you would like to support us not on Patreon, feel free to leave the podcast a review. Yes. Or a rating if you haven't. That helps us with the algorithm. a huge difference. Especially on Apple Music. I've heard from other podcasters that tell me this when I'm listening to their podcast. So now I'm telling it to you. Regardless of however you support 
uh, the podcast. We just really, really appreciate it. It allows us to make this whole thing possible. Um, so thank you. Buy a shirt. Yeah, there's also the merch is incredible. Um, It's all designed by Kate and it's all super unique. I know my laptop is covered in sticker club stickers and people always come up to me and they're like, what is that? And then I get to be really cool and be like, it's from Ready Made Utopia. Uh, The Apple notepads. Incredible. I feel so uncomfortable when I'm at Trader Joe's with my Opal Voss tote bag and they're like, oh, who's that character? It's so cute. And I have to explain the entire concept of ready-made utopia <laughs> and then that that one is me yeah to the cashier who i'm buying my avocados from. see when i am using you will have to go when i'm that. using it i just say that's my friend <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly one way to <laughs> yeah i and i say just like that that way they know right to get us back into the questions i have a perfect a perfect question coming to us from Doozy Bloom asked on YouTube, but is on the Discord quite a oh, lot. Yeah. That, yeah, that's know, one of our classic fans. Yes. So shout out for Doozy Bloom. Um, and they ask to Cameo. <gasps> so please get in character for this question. Mm. I'm tired. <laughs> to Cameo colon. How can you be so sure Cameo's hands are stainless? I know what you've done, Cameo. My hands are only stained with juice. Well, you heard it here first, folks. And then the second part of this question to Delamont Colin. Favorite flower, if any. What? I have to answer Those a question questions about having are stained hands. You know what you did. So <sighs> These are equal questions. Fine. I mean, I have to answer a question about flowers. And I mean, I don't know anything about flowers. That's a, that's like a cameo thing. Um, I I I guess the ones that kind of um, help help the world, you know, you know, like some Just flowers. Say rose. Just say rose. A, a rose, rose. Okay, a rose, rose is good. Um, also, hi doozy. <laughs> Fully didn't we could make, Len to get in character there. We could make up a flower because Armu has like <gasps> our world produce and not our world. Produce, so probably imagine. some that Opal has used. What if what if, what if we what if we made a flower called a doozy bloom? Oh, oh. that's very cute. And if we decide not to do that, we'll cut this entire section. <laughs> <laughs> that be cute. Though? That is really a cute. I feel like we'd have to. We, what we should do is use that in the future because I feel like it's weird. It's like doozy bloom asks this question, and I feel like my favorite flower is you. Is a doozy bloom? But yeah. honestly, that is true. Well, we'd have to go to Doozy Bloom for the rights. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know a great copyright lawyer, so we should be fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's another question from Just a Moniker. And they ask, between Delmont's tech time and Cameo's snack corner. Oops, I kicked the mic. Between Delmont's tech time and Cameo's snack corner, how do you come up with each item? It is so unique. I love the world building woven into them. Yeah, so with the snacks, all of the ones that are in the snack corner were ones that I had already designed for other places in RMU. Like a lot of them were props that I made for Opal's room in I'm a Snake or the Onion Boy chips. I made those for like an ad on the side of a bus in like a drawing I did um, years ago. And... The corn and dogs, I just drew those 
with nap once. So I don't know. Those were just kind of things I made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of made whatever popped in my, into my head while I was drawing. And the tech time things were definitely more complicated. Um, we had to think of those and we went for a walk around the zoo here. And I think we came up with a number of them. I think two of them we ended up cutting, the ones we came up with. And then we ended up pulling for the last two from the Technomagicon episode anyways. So, like, we wanted to do a little bit of tie-ins to the series itself, like with the corner dogs, um, the voice changer, and the time travel oven. But how do the scripts get written for Tech Time and Snack Corner? What are Because I love them because I don't write any of them. So it's one of the few things with the podcast that can exist fully outside of my head. And then I get to watch them as if I am an audience yeah. member. For for me, I I wrote them. I kind of got in character. I, well, I guess first I looked at the snacks that were available um, because I just wanted to start there. Seems like economic writing, right? Instead of making a new product, like there are all these amazing things that Kate has already created. Got in character and just wrote them without thinking as much as possible, honestly. Like I, I wanted them to, I wanted them to be scripted, but I wanted it to feel very much like Cameo, you know, picking up his phone and like recording a little thing. So I did not think about them very much. And I just let myself go on whatever tangent I landed in and wrote them up. Then I think like a week or two later, Hammer to Vanessa's, we recorded them. Done. Yeah, it was very easy for me. Yeah. It was it was like very quick. Very, it was very super quick. quick, super easy. Quick. And if, if we do more of them, then I want to do it the same way. I thought it was really effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the tech time, they were like s- slightly more scripted, I think, just because Delmont would want them to be a little more scripted. But um uh like Vanessa and I wrote them together and that was super fun to also kind of bounce off of each other, like um, for the voice changer. Yeah. The last two especially was like fun. We were just like hanging out and we had to knock those out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so still pretty loose, but um, overall a ton of fun. And then all the little like visuals that were added by Kate after that were not in the scripts were also so funny yeah. like the stinky cameo in the like corner of the room picture i love that yeah. picture it is they're, so funny they're really amazing miss dubois oh miss dubois miss <laughs> dubois was probably the first character to be completely created by my brain so to see her actualized <laughs> was transcendent okay this is a fun question this question comes from jasper on TikTok. Thanks, Jasper. And they ask, are there any ideas that didn't quite work out for one reason or another? I'm always a huge fan of the cutting room floor business, and I hate to disappoint you, but our cutting room floor is nothing to be inspired by. <laughs> Do you um, have something, Kate? Well, I wouldn't say this is something to be inspired by. I thought you were going to say that there was nothing on the cutting room floor. But oh, there's plenty. Oh, the yeah. floor is dirty. We do oh, not yeah. sweep. But there's a reason much of the stuff got cut. Yeah. I have I have one to share. It's like it's like future cutting room floor. 
but like I was just like we were spitballing Caleb and I talking about like some character ideas and whatever and I was like what if we had a character that was like the puppet master and <laughs> no. he just like had a bunch of puppets and he was like magical and he was just like a puppet magician and Caleb I don't think I've seen Caleb more angry at me in my life <laughs> Like, I just kept pitching this puppet master, and Caleb was like, absolutely not. Are we going to have a puppet master? This was also for, like, kind of a main character, too. Like, this was, like, a recurring, like, contemporary. So, uh, uh, listeners, I will do my best to get puppet master in there. I'd like to take a second to thank Caleb for all his diligent hard work on this podcast. I was the first line of defense for most ideas on this podcast. Um, and Kate being the last line of defense. Again, while I was looking back, I was really pushing for a cult episode. Oh my God. It was going to end up right. insensitively. So glad the cult episode got. We got a hint of that in the retreat mm-hmm. where yeah. Cameo believes that yes. it's a cult. There'll be a point in season two where we were like, okay, what if Doma and Cameo like, did some bad stuff? Like, what if they didn't know better? And like they accidentally really did some bad, morally reprehensible things, yeah. and we decided that was bad. Yeah, and dark. But they still and not do fun. some. They do they they know, a little bit, bit. some yeah. hijinks, but not like once. They don't again, start a cult. This is the girl who is cutting together mean Delmont as well. Yeah. I was having them get into darker. I think business. the tone got a little lighter. As, yeah. as we started creating it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There was like a cult leader Delmont. I also felt like. Yeah, originally Delmont was so much meaner and then borderline evil, I think, kind of as things went on. <laughs> yeah, no border. Yeah. Cameo is going to run all those Ponzi schemes. I would, to be cut. I would say more like we cut a lot of like little jokes and little bits and yada yada to like mm-hmm. streamline everything. But I would say we more often than not like cut things down and then added something like we always sort of built up yeah. versus scrapping things completely. I- I had a pet favorite from the retreat episode where Cameo was like going to check in for the tour and was like unnecessarily pretending that Belmont was like his business associate. Um, (laughs) I think I have a recording of a table read of this. Yeah, it's it is pretty funny. It it just didn't like it just didn't we have time for it. I also in my head when I was editing that episode, I was like, wait, where'd that bit go? It didn't need to be there. No, it, it just slowed things down. But it it was pretty funny. And I'm glad I Jasper, I think you guys thank you that I can talk about this. And the puppet master. I think this is less in line with these things, but there was like in the first episode with that like sidekick at the end when we had that big debate on whether or not he should die. Oh yeah, my, we were just oh, talking about. And I was like yes. very opposed. That was so funny. I was very opposed to it because I'm like, we can't. This isn't a world where people just explode and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> this isn't like which is like fair. this is a goofy world, but like death matters. Yeah. Like we can't just have someone die and set that up as like. Yeah, it was sort of a force. Moment. And the moment we're talking about is number three in the sewer explosion, um, like died. And now it's a <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, it was more trying to signal some of the darker places we went in season two at the time. Mm-hmm. But as Sam said, we sort of 
pulled away from yeah. a lot of that stuff. Okay, these next questions are going to be either for everyone or an individual. Okay. We want clear, concise okay. answers. Cue the like chase music. Okay, there it is. And our first question. This is for Kate and then Vanessa. Karen asks Universal Healthcare in 33C? Question mark. Yes. And do they get colds? Yes, mom, they get colds. Yes. This was a question from Vanessa's mom. Uh, important question because. Someone actually ha- pretends to get a cold at the it's beginning true. of the convention episode. Oh, that's episode. true. It would be very, that would really mess with the canon if they didn't. Actually, when we recorded that episode, I did have a cold. <gasps> Fun fact. Love it. Kate, are there any plans to release designs for characters that have been on the show with only a voice? Yes. And I think when this question was submitted, the Riley and Catnip designs weren't out yet. Hot off the press. Um, But yeah, I'm doing more. It just takes time because i'm working on a lot of stuff but they're coming all the sketches look so good len if delmont could have chosen a different partner and i assume this is an episode one if delmont could have chosen a different partner would they have if so who i would say in episode one yes uh <laughs> I, I hmm i i think on first meeting Riley, hearing, oh, okay, this is someone who also likes techno magic, I'd probably get along with them pretty well. But then I think that would just be, it would completely crumble and actually would be worse for them. Um, I do think Delmont and Cameo are a good pair. And like, as an outsider, it's probably in Delmont's best interest that they're with somebody who really understands how experiences work. Hurtful answer, but all right. What kinds of music do each of your characters listen to? Mm. I mean, Dalmont canonically is a big fan vocal boss. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I think Dalmont might be more of a podcast person as they're sort of working on their their techno magic and tinkering in their lab. Uh, Opal, there's a character who hasn't come up in anything that I think Sam came up with, False Idol. She's just a big pop star. I think Opal is a huge False Idol fan. She's really into like the more sparkly Three Cloud City sound as it is. And then also she has wanted to work with DJ Onion Boy No Affiliation for a while, but has not had the chance. I think Cameo probably listens to show tunes. I'm just going to let that just there. Yeah. And I think that Cameo has become a Nat fan. And is a Buckle Bunny fan as well. Yes. Yes. I honestly think that I think that Cameo has pretty eclectic tastes, but I also, and this is maybe kind of my own taste, like I think probably also likes kind of like emotional music, um, dramatic music. So that's why I'm kind of thinking show tunes, like things that tell a story, things that are very like um, like Billy Joel. Yeah, definitely, like, whatever RMU's Billy Joel is. <laughs> oh, Silly Hole. Silly Hole. <laughs> silly Hole. Oh, Silly Hole. A bottle of red. 
The next question is for me from <gasps> Siege, asked on Spotify. Will Beltmont be making another appearance? Question mark, question mark. He is so important. Exclamation point, exclamation Thank point. You. Maybe. No spoilers. Yeah. He did survive, though. I hope you, everyone yeah. listened to the end credits. Yeah. Belmont, Beltmont is alive. <laughs> Why would you even confuse those names? They're so different. <laughs> and then... Our last question to see where everyone's loyalties lie. Mm. Who is your favorite RMU character? Mm. Are we allowed to say ourselves? I mean, I didn't put any rules on this question. It's a really good question. It's just hard. I can go first. Yeah. Because I've stated many times that I am Buckle Bunny's number one fan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will defend the title to the day I die, and I love her and would do anything for her. I also can't choose between Delma and Cameo for obvious reasons. My favorite is Nap. Sorry. I know. You don't have to act like it's a surprise to me. I'm aware that my girlfriend's favorite character isn't me. I know this. She's not dating Nat, though, so. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I just. I know. I just think that Nap is so charming and fun and aesthetically just really fun to work with. How did you feel about Nap's presence in the convention arc? Like Loved the, it. Loved it. My main goal for whenever we do things that have already sort of existed or have. Um. I guess, source material in the RMU world is to try to keep as close to it as possible. So that makes me happy. There's two people who have yet. Oh, I have. Well, I know, but I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. You just don't want to say it. Who do you think I'm going to say? I mean, the stuffed Opal isn't right She's here. over there. She's in jail. I do love Opal, but I also love Celeste Sapper. Ooh. Celeste Sapper is probably my second favorite. Actually, they're probably about tied. I do just, I love Celeste. That's really interesting. I think my favorite character is Judgment. Um, and that, that is a character who, Vanessa, I think you created. And then did some rewrites. And then when the voice actor came in, it just, it just like all came together to be this just incredible one-off Such character. funny voice acting. So funny. And so just like, yeah, that character is just is. Yeah, okay. I have I have not answered yet. I have I have a few. I actually have always really liked Cameo. Aw, I think. Thank you. So so bright. It always has something I wouldn't expect. And even even recording with Cameo Sam, there there would be a lot of times where you would improv something so insanely out there. I just wouldn't know how to respond. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it, it's great to hear in the final. Um, I mean, also, I think the entire Bad Call crew. Mm-hmm. Just, what a what a cast of characters! I think it's since all, a lot of people in or a lot of the creatures in um, RMU are tend to be like more not law abiding, but <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not exactly like trying to disrupt society. Uh, it is kind of it's kind of nice. Quite to, quite honestly, some of my favorite characters are in 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 season two. Like there are some yeah. really really fun characters in season two. You'll just have to stay tuned. You will. Well, I think 
that's going to about wrap it up for our first Q&A episode. We'll probably Ooh. have another one when season two comes out. But that's not so. going to be for months. If you did enjoy this, however, we're going to be putting out uh, companion episodes for season one and also doing various things like artist spotlights, digging a little deeper into the many contributing artists that have helped us create this project and all the projects of RMU. Mm -hmm. Uh, also a reminder to please join our Patreon. You can join at the level that's right for you. You'll get exclusive access to various bonus content, behind the scenes uh, information, uh, and of course, a closer connection to the RMU community. Uh, most importantly, though, signing up for the Patreon is at any level. The one that's right for you is one of the best ways to help us make the work that we're really passionate about. And it, it means so much to us. And certainly I could say just a personal note, just seeing like seeing the Patreon numbers grow and seeing what people are, are excited to give us is it just means so much. So join our Patreon, get some cool stickers, get some behind the scene access and help out this really special community. Especially if you want a season after season two. Yeah. Don't forget to give us a review on whatever podcast listening app you choose. Uh, I think especially for Apple Music, like like Caleb already said, it goes a long way. Um, don't forget to uh, like the what are what are they like? Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. This is the wrong. <laughs> also, Opal is out. She's back with a new song. It is Wish. It is much more sparkly, much more fun. Opal doesn't have depression anymore. She's over her trauma. Check it out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I can confirm it's a great track. So yeah, thank you all for listening and checking out the Q and A episode. Thank you all for listening to season one. Um, if this is the first episode that of this podcast feed that you're listening to, I'm sorry. You should probably listen to the other ones. They're much more exciting. Um, until you hear from us again, bye. Bye. Can we get can we get a group bye, please? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Bye. Okay, that was a little too much. Let's give us a thirty percent less. All right. Okay. All right, and until you hear from us again, bye. bye. That's real creepy, but I'm going to keep it in with this. <laughs>